Now is the time to reinforce your bowling arsenal, and BowlerX.com is the online leader in price, service, and selection. With free insured shipping on every item we carry, including a complete line of pro shop supplies, as well as balls, bags, shoes, accessories, and more. Also, check out the large selection of closeout and discontinued items at a fraction of their original cost. BowlerX.com, your online bowling superstore and proud sponsor of Above180.com. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, from Washington, D.C., and the Bowler's Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. Joining us today on the Above180.com podcast is Ron Sims Jr. Ron is a Hammer staff member and also the current coach of the Virginia State University bowling team. Thought it'd be great to get uh, Ron's opinion and perspective on things. We're going to hit on some coaching issues. I know Ron also had some thoughts uh, looking at some of our previous interviews that we did regarding things. So Ron, want to thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you. I appreciate being here, man. Appreciate well, Ron. Being on the call. Oh, well, no problem, Ron. And I actually, me and you met, you, uh, I did a matchmaker event up in uh, Northern Virginia. And I, I, you actually, one of, one of the very few coaches that we've had on that had the pleasure of actually seeing me bowl. And you still agreed <laughs> to join us. So I want to thank you for that. <laughs> my pleasure. My pleasure. Well, love the game, man. I love the game. Any way I can help it, that, that's, that's what I like to do. Well, exactly, Ron, and I want to begin because our last show that we did, uh, Joe and myself talked to Mark Miller, and Mark's a bowling historian, wrote a book about bowling, and has been covering the sport for quite a while, and one of the things that caught your attention when me and you were chatting earlier this week was Mark made some comments regarding bowling and gambling, and if they are too close for comfort, and I just want to get your thoughts on that. Well, you know, my thoughts is... uh, In this day and age, you know, when we, we see what's happening out here, it's it's all about the dollar bill out here today, and uh, money moves things. And um, you know, I, I'm seeing in bowling. I know when I first started bowling, it was more more so for the love of the love of the sport. Um, you know, I used to see a lot of people come out and practice. Uh, you know, you know, people would show up. You know, be- before uh, leagues would start to bowl three or four games just to try to find um their 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 mojo so to speak so that they can uh, bowl well but they weren't more so they weren't concerned about whether or not they had the high game to win some money they just more so concerned about the high game to you know be the top dog in the in the league that night or in the tournament or whatever but now today um if you don't have bracket action if you don't have high games or eliminator if if, if people don't have ways of making money uh, without having to place in the tournament, uh, they don't show up. Or in your leagues, if, uh, if, if the parts kind of drive whether or not people coming back to their leagues or not. And so the gambling thing uh, has 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 you know, has played a big part in participation in our, in, in tournaments and leagues, especially in your in your, in your tournaments. Um, you know, I think a lot of people still love the sport for what it is. But, uh, you know, as far as the tournaments, the extra bowling, it's all geared about geared, geared around uh, how much money can I win. Well, and do you think that that is, is hurting our league play? Because 
You're right. I mean, I bowl in league. You know, I bowl in leagues up here in Northern Virginia, and we have you know we have high game survivor. You know, high game pot survivor pot. We have senior survivor. You know, it, and all that stuff uh, and and brackets and everything. So people are always interested in that. But then I go back to certain places like where where I grew up bowling in Wisconsin, and it's a smaller little eight lane center still and such. And they're paying, you know, their league fees are a lot lower than mine, number one. But they're also, there isn't any of that action. And is, is that what bowling needs to get back to, where, where there is some, uh, I guess you could say some, uh, like you said, some pride in winning the league and, and just taking first place in a 30-person, you know, a 30-team league uh, and, and beating all your peers? Or, or is it really, is that the way bowling's going and we just have to learn to live with it? Well, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Million dollar question there, because uh, you know, being the uh, person that I am who grew up when you know it wasn't about the high games, you know, you you learn to appreciate the game for what it is, and just trying to figure out how can I be the best, you know, not even thinking about the extra dollar bill I could win, because there was not, um, and, and so you know, do we need to go back to that? I think it would be pretty difficult to 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 change courses now. It really would be because we're so far so far gone down this path now, and 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 uh, I, I'm never never one to say never, but uh, it's it's going to be pretty difficult to um, go back to those ways now because I mean we we have even introduced it to our children, you know, and our youth. You know, you look at the youth tournaments. I've seen youth tournaments where they had brackets, you know, and they put it under the name of scholarship, but still. Uh, it's still the same thing. <laughs> it's, it's still no different than what the adults are doing, you know. Except the kids don't walk out with the money in their pocket; they walk out with the money in, a, in an account for their scholarship. So, you know, that's uh, you know, I wish we could go back to it because I believe you know people learn to enjoy the game and for what it is. And, and but now the money is just. That that's that's a big driving force. Well, let me be clear too. There are a lot of houses in Wisconsin and Milwaukee and Madison and Green Bay and such that do have that side action as well. So, right. just taking one little specific example of a place that doesn't do it quite as much, and they're in it just for the fun and the night. You know, like like a lot of us used to be, we get it was just a night to get out and have some fun with the fellows. Um, mm-hmm. Now it's it's like you said, it's a, and and maybe it too, frankly, in this area, and maybe it is also because a lot of guys can't get out and bowl tournaments on the weekends that they consider their league their league is also like a tournament for them so but ron i do want to move on because you're the coach down at virginia state university i want to get your thoughts i guess uh how has your first year been at coaching with with the the the, uh the collegiate players and what are you seeing from them this year man it's great i absolutely i absolutely love it i I thoroughly enjoy it it's a challenge um i have um i have nine young ladies i well i had 10 just had one graduated in december um, so I have nine young ladies, and we're, um, you know, I believe we have a, a, a good opportunity to um, to win our conference this year. Uh, last year, we uh, I started halfway through the season last year, and we were uh, able to uh, finish second in our conference, lost the championship match to Fairville State. But, uh, you know, I feel that we really have a great opportunity to win this year, and and now on the recruiting trail, um, trying to find some young ladies who love the game and uh, willing to, uh, you know, listen and learn and, and um, you know, see about what we can do as far as the future of, of growing a, uh, a program that's uh, a winning program, but uh, also a, w- a program that 
uh, is respect respectful uh, respected you know so um you know it's uh absolutely love it is coaching is is uh, I can't even put it into words the joy that you get from it well, Ron, and one of the things, I've uh, done some interviews with some of these collegiate players. Uh, if you check out Above180.com, Collegiate Spotlight, mm-hmm. I got some interviews up there with some of the bowlers and such. Um, yes, when I talk to them, the thing that I notice from these collegiate players is, number one, they like competing, but then they also like competing on the tougher uh, sport-compliant uh, the sport compliant pos- uh, shots that are out there these mm-hmm. days. Uh, they don't like bowling on your house patterns where you're going to average, right. you know, be able to spray the ball all over the place and average 230, 240. Is that what you're seeing from your girls as well down there? Yeah, I believe that they're now getting a better appreciation. Um, you know, when they go back uh, home and, and practice on some of their house conditions, uh, you know, they, they see a jump in their scores because now um, by them bowling on tougher conditions uh, in tournaments, they understand that uh, shot making and spare shooting uh, are crucial. Uh, so, you know, when you when you are around that, uh, when you're in that arena a lot, you know, now when you get on those softer conditions like we see on the house shots, you know, your shot making, your mindset is already – you know, you already in the mindset. I have to make good shots, and then I have to make my spares. You're going to automatically see an increase in your average, an increase in your games, uh, your scores uh, on those soft conditions. So, those uh, I think my young ladies are beginning to, uh, you know, really understand. Um, you know, bowling in those tougher conditions is going to just is just going to make you that much better. Well, Ron, and, and I'd, I'd agree with you on that. And, and one of the things, um, again, if you're up in this area, want to just remind everyone, myself, Terry Wiley, and BowlForMoney.com, we are running next weekend. That's the 13th of, of January. We're running a USBC Masters Qualifier Tournament. Uh, it's being held up at the lanes at Fort Meade. It's going to be on the USBC Masters pattern. Uh, so right. if, you're, if you're in that area, if anyone is listening with an earshot of that, I want to just get that out there quickly. Uh, remind yeah. everyone, please, to go to Above180.com. we got a, a information up there. You can email me, Tim, at Above180.com. Again, speaking with Ron Sims Jr. as a coach at uh, Virginia State University. So, Ron, what can bowlers do as we all are getting ready for our tournament season here? And and you're a coach. I want you to put on your coaching hat now. Okay. Uh, What can bowlers do to prepare for their tournaments as, as, uh, you know, maybe you've just been bowling those three games a a week at league or, you know, three games and a little bit of practice. What can we do to prepare ourselves mentally and even physically for bowling uh, tournaments? Well, um... Man, I'm going to try to figure out how I can say this in a short amount of time. <laughs> but as far as practice, uh, what I would tell anyone to do as far as practice is uh, learn how to play different parts of the lane. You know, um, uh, what one of the drills I have had my young ladies do is to um, find a way to strike from each arrow on the lane. You know, first arrow, second arrow, all the way over to the sixth arrow. Um, just try to find a way to get the ball to the pocket. And then once you get it to the pocket, do it again. Because um, you never know what to expect when you go to tournaments. If you only have one way of playing the lanes, if I'm a, if I'm a bowler who always like to play the second arrow, and I go to a tournament and that's not working, well, I'm just wasting my time. So let's let's figure out how, what, what I, I need to learn how to play different parts of the lane. So that's what I would tell anyone to do when you practice. Um, you know, try different parts of the lane. Uh, try try to strike from each arrow on the lane. Uh, as far as your equipment, definitely you need to go to your your pro shop. Hopefully, you have someone that you have been um, uh, working with. Uh, as far as your equipment, 
you definitely need to get your equipment cleaned up and uh, checked out, check the grips and the fit, and make sure that you have a proper fit on your bowling balls because uh, improper fit on the bowling ball, which I have seen uh, on more than one occasion, can cause injury, it can cause bad bowling, it can cause bad habits. So, uh, you know, I definitely would encourage any and everyone to go by your pro shop and make sure that you have your equipment um, ready for tournament play. And as far as the mental part, first of all, I would tell you, you got to be be your own best friend. You know, you have to talk positive to yourself. Tell yourself that you can do it. Believe in yourself. Um, so that along with practicing and making sure that your equipment is tuned up um, can give you a better chance of, of having a good showing when you go to your tournaments. Well, and I know a lot of guys, sometimes they psych themselves out. Either they uh, they have their expectations set too high when it is a challenging condition, and, and then they just, or like you said, that positive talk that, you know, you need to stay focused and stay on yourself, you know, stay uh, stay mentally prepared, and you're, you're going into a new environment, a place you've probably never bowled. So I know one of the things, you know, even Jerry Edwards was talking about is, you know, some of the, the smaller stuff that we forget about, but find out where the bathroom is, find out where, yeah. where stuff yeah. is like that so you know where you're going, so you're not, you know, yep. you're not rushing. And uh, and everything of that sort. W- Want to get your thoughts? Uh, one of the things that we get uh, constantly asked to us on Above180.com, we go to our website and people ask us questions, is about the proper number of balls for your arsenal. And I know it kind of depends on on your skill level and even some of the you know how, how serious you take the game. But right. if if um, if you're just a normal you know normal bowler, average 180, 200. Do you have any thoughts on what would be the right amount of equipment that a bowler should have to, um, you know, be be as competitive as they can, but yet not uh, not always, you know, they don't have thousands of dollars to be spending for these right. tournaments. Right. Um, you know, well, uh, the first thing that pops in my mind is, uh, you know, how are you traveling to get to your tournament? <laughs> so, like, if you're flying, of course, that's going to limit you right there anyway, uh, versus driving. Um, so, but. Uh, it really depends upon, like you say, the person's um, mindset. How how do they feel about their bowling? Because um, I've had some people that I've coached who have five bowling balls and only average 180. But I have some that only have two balls and average 180. And so I don't I don't believe anyone needs to get uh, in debt behind uh, getting bowling balls. But if you're able to increase your um, uh, well, I won't say increase, but if you want, if you can upgrade your equipment, uh, it's always going to be a good thing. So, and I think that's something that you definitely need to go, you know, speak with your pro shop um, uh, operator about, and um, you know, kind of figure out what would be the best um, route for you to go in regards to your equipment. So, I'm not going to say there's a certain number of bowling balls you have. I think everyone should definitely have a spare ball because spares are uh, very vitally important. Um, so uh, I think a spare ball and at least um, you know two strike balls, I, I would say, you know, should be a minimum. I've heard because, from a lot of coaches, Ron, that the, there's two things you can take with you when you travel. One of them is making your spares, and the other is your good form. Those things work in any bowling center that you walk into. Yeah. So, yeah. so you don't, yeah. uh, you know. And I guess the only thing I would add to that is you probably, you know, if you want to start doing some different layouts and some, you know, pin up some pin downs and that and sort down. of thing, yeah. and, and like you said, talk to your drilling. Uh, talk to yeah. your local pro shop about that. I know that's one thing. That There's one other thing. I'm sorry. Oh no, I was going to say that. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, There's one other thing. It just hit me that I, it didn't just hit me, but I, I want to say in in today's game that's so vitally important is the surface of that bowling ball, and I think the surface is even more important today than it is than than the core. 
Uh, and so making sure that that surface, uh, you can take two bowling balls and have one dull and one shiny, and you can have two different total reactions with that, uh, which will at least, so I'm, I'm thinking about that person who doesn't have that extra dollar to spend on a new bowling ball. Uh, that's an option that they could have uh, is to change the surface on the bowling balls, have one shiny, one dull, or, uh, you know, to, you know, at least give you a little uh, room for, you know, some some more options, I want to say. Well, yeah, and exactly to add on to your point, it would be, you know, like let's say you're bowling team event where, they're, you know, you're bowling on fresh oil, for instance, and then you may want the surface a little little duller or a little uh, to give it a little, little uh, you know, earlier read and such, and then you get to singles and doubles where by single, and then, you know, the following day you come back, you may want to put a little polish on the bowling ball just yeah. to get it through, uh, you know, to help you out for doubles and singles so that you don't have the ball overreacting. You know, I know one of the things, too, to, to be, pay very close attention to when you're filling out, at, at least this is a way for, for state tournament, and uh, is, is to find out when they're oiling the lanes so you know yeah. whether you're going to be getting fresh oil or if they only oil the lanes at 8 a.m and then they you know and they have three squads uh you better know that going in if you're bowling that last squad you're going to need you know stuff that's that's you know a little bit higher pin that's going to get down the lane and, and shinier surface very true very true very true and also you know another thing that uh people need to make sure that they understand is if you're able to get this information and it's usually not uh difficult to get is um how far uh, how long is the pattern? You know, is it 40 feet? Is it 44 feet? Is it 38 feet? Um, a lot of that. Uh, I mean, knowing that information before you even go to the tournament would uh, help make decisions, help you in your decision-making regarding your equipment. You know, and if you're driving to a tournament, I would tell you, I'd rather, I'd rather for you to take the ball and not need it than to need it and not have it. So uh, if you're driving to a tournament, take everything you can. Well, and, and on that point, when I went up and bowled the uh, a tournament up in Pennsylvania, the uh, the Dutchman tournament, I, I felt that exact same way. Where I didn't, I, I left a couple pieces at home because I just thought, now nah, you know what, I got I got five or six with me that that should should do it. And the lanes are completely uh, different than I thought. And I, I wish right. I'd had you know, you can't, <laughs> you always wish you know it's one of those things. And and, um, and on state tournaments, so I have one one quick thought on that. Do you think something um, should be done? I guess it would have to be on a state level, um, and looking, you know, looking at your credentials, you know, you do a lot of stuff with the Greater Richmond Bowling uh, Association and such. You know, is there something that should be done to make these state tournaments more prestigious to what they really are? Because a lot of times, it's really hard to get scratch bowlers to go to them because they end up it ends up where the team, you know, the team par- portion, the winner ends up shooting, you know, thirty six hundred because they have five hundred pins handicap and they shoot thirty one hundred scratch and. Your scratch bowlers just think, why should it, why should we go and, and spend our money on this? So, what do you think can be done to help bring some of that back? You know, that state notoriety back in the state tournaments to give them a little bit. You know, again, the prestige of winning them, not not necessarily the financial aspect, but just mm-hmm. the state. You know, to right. make that where it means something. Uh, you know, that, that's a that is man. That you, <laughs> that's another whole <laughs> conversation right there. Um, you know, because I'm I'm also involved in TNBA, and that's we've been dealing with that same issue um, uh, with TNBA as far as his handicap. Um, and, and and the handicap system is basically the same as it's always been, but the problem is is you know with the scores that are being shot today, along with the handicap along with the easy conditions, along with the equipment that's being made, you're going to have those uh, ginormous scores being put up. And and some of it is legit. And unfortunately, because going back to what we first talked about with the gambling, you have people who 
for lack of a better word, sandbag, and end up with more pins than what they need. And so how do you police that? You know, and that can you go around re-rating everyone? Well, it's, that's going to be pretty tough because you haven't seen them actually bowl, so you don't know if their average is legit or not, which caused them to have them extra pins. And then you have someone with, you know, 50 pins a game and end up shooting 700. What can you do? <laughs> so... Uh, what can they do on the state level? It's 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 going to be pretty tough, you know, with the with the way the game is today. Only way I can say, um, you know, is maybe put some tougher conditions down, you know, to kind of you know balance balance it out. But unfortunately, in today's game, if you put the tougher conditions down, a lot of people won't support the tournament because they don't feel like that they can get to the average, or they don't feel like they can average two thirty. You know, a two forty on 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 that tournament shot. So, um, well, and oh, it's man. a it's a fine line because you get your guys yeah. out there, and I bowl with them too in our league. You know, they they mm-hmm. bowl one night a week, and mm-hmm. it's just to have fun, and it's not to be that competitive. They like to you know right. like to score, but they don't you know they're not going to put the effort in that some of your teams are and some of your guys are. So it's a very and state is the same way. Some people treat yeah. the state tournament as just a, a a weekend to get away, a weekend to see a different yep. part of their state. And if bowling is kind of the side part, and then there's other guys who probably you and me would fit in this category, we walk in with eight bowling balls, and yeah. and we want to bowl. We came there to bowl, yeah. and we consider it a bowling trip, and and so on. So a very fine line, I think. But Ron, in our in our final minutes here, I just want to hit a couple more things on coaching. Um, talked a little bit uh, with Joe uh, Slowinski regarding dropping your shoulder, you know, which is uh-huh. his his premise of dropping your right shoulder and and letting the ball, you know, just just work that way. Want to get your thoughts on that and and what do you think? I mean, cuz we've had some coaches come on and kind of say, "Yeah, that that works," but then you don't want to overdo it because then you're putting your body in a weird position. So, what are your thoughts? Uh, my initial thought really is it it depends upon the person and their game. You know, um we can't coach everyone the same. That's one thing I have definitely learned uh, because that's one of the unique things about our sport is that uh, different styles can still get the job done. And so it really depends upon the person. Um, you know, you take a, a, a young guy who, who you know, kind of, you know, put some mustard on the ball, I want to say. He put some ribs on the ball. That's someone that definitely could probably need to, uh, lower their shoulders so they can open those hips up to try to, uh, you know, give the ball some room so they can maximize uh, their rep, you know, their, their, their game. Um, but you take some, um, you take a, a young lady who doesn't do, doesn't do a whole lot to the bowling ball, her dropping her shoulder would put her in an awkward position and, you know, she'll be spraying the ball all over the place. And, and, and so, you know, my initial thought uh, regarding the drop in the shoulder really depends upon the uh, the the individual and coaching them according to their abilities. Um, you know, there is a man that that that's pretty much all I can say about that. It, it really just depends upon the individual. Okay, Ron, and then uh, our other quickly, you gave us one drill earlier about uh, what we can do if we want to go out and practice for tournaments, which was, you know, striking from each arrow, which is, is great because that's going to, you know, it's going to be tough. And, and the one thing I think, too, when you go out and practice, you need to turn the scoring monitors off so you don't oh, see, the, see the scores. Oh. You don't, uh, even, even if we're out there and we have in the mindset, I'm going out to practice, 
You yeah. still look at that. There's still a number up there, and you still have other people looking at that number when you're bowling. If you're mm-hmm. you're out when there's other folks around, so turn off the monitors. But but is there is there any other sort of drill? You know, I know a, a lot of coaches. Um, you know, like for ways, what's a way that number one that I can improve my accuracy if I'm trying to trying to bowl and, and, and uh, you know, I can hit my target. Do you have a, any sort of thing you can, you know, any tip for our, our listeners as what you can do to improve your accuracy? Uh, far as accuracy, yeah. well, I think first thing first, um, back to the making sure that your equipment is fitting you properly um, because I believe in having a relaxed hand. Um, uh, you know, if you're squeezing a bowling ball, now, and some people do that. Some people have a, it really depends upon their game, but for the most most part, you know, having a proper fit on that bowling ball is going to increase your accuracy because when you're squeezing a bowling ball, you're not going to squeeze it and release it the same way each shot. But the more relaxed the hand is, the better chance of you making uh, a consistent shot, shot after shot. So, Making sure that you have that proper fit is is, is crucial. First thing, as uh, far as any drills, um, you know, really, if you have a, uh, we have a little prop that we use um, sometimes that kind of I put right over the arrows, and um, gonna get a little piece that adds to it that actually hangs down from the pole, where you know out you. Know, you actually have to fit the ball in between, and it's really hard for me to explain it over the phone. But uh, it's a little prop that hangs from a pole that that I, I set up over fifteen, uh, like fifteen feet down the lane. It it kind of covers the pins, so you're not even looking at the pins, you know. Um, and there's a little thing that's going to hang down where the ball can fit in between these two. It's almost like instead of putting the towel on the lane, it's actually something that hangs down. And the, and and your goal is just to hit right in between, you know, hit that thing that's hanging down, okay? Uh, I know it's pretty hard to exp- uh, Hopefully you can visualize what I'm saying, but those are some things that you can do. Uh, but if you don't have that, it's, it's, it's really just training your eye to watch the ball go through the target. Because a lot of times what we'll do, we'll throw the ball, and as soon as the ball leaves our hand, we look at the pins, and we really have no clue where the ball hit. 15 feet down the lane, which is at the arrows. So that's one drill I would tell people to definitely work on is to watch that ball go through the target because if if you're looking at second arrow and you hit the third arrow where you know, okay, that's not the lanes. That was pretty much you and something that you did in your physical game. Um, And so, you know, that would be one drill I would definitely tell you to work on as far as your uh, accuracy, improving accuracy is to watch the ball go through the target. Once the ball goes through the target, then you can look at the pins. But you know you might want to still, you know, watch that ball go down the lane so that you can understand what moves may need to be made um, as a result of how your ball reacted to the lanes. All right, Ron. Well, I want to thank you again, Ron Sims Jr. joining us. Uh, Ron is the coach at Virginia State University. Is also with with uh, on staff on staff with Hammer. So I want to thank you, Ron, yes, for for uh, for joining us today. And we're going to have to have you back on again uh, and just uh, continue to yeah. all the good work you're doing with all the uh, the kids down there at the college and uh, and and catch up again, Ron. So I want to thank you for joining us today. Thank you, man. I appreciate the time, and I, um, uh, man, I absolutely enjoyed this. <laughs> so. You know, anytime, you know, give me a call. For Tim Berg, Ron Sims Jr., good luck and good bowling.